0: West. Gardening with Cisco is brought to you by... And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. August 8th, or wait, September 8th. Let's uh, catch up on things here, okay? Oh la la! Hey, so uh, September 8th and we got some rain, so... Uh, That is really wonderful, but I checked my. I emptied my rain gauge right before it rained, and I checked it this morning. We only got about a quarter inch up in Northeast Seattle near Sandpoint Golf Course, so um, that's not a lot. But it it did soak in a bit, so it's a help. If we get some more, that's going to make a big difference. If we don't, I wouldn't. uh, I wouldn't be turning off the sprinklers yet. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least, we got quite a ways to go before the fall rains really start in earnest, in my opinion. Now, at this point in the show, I usually say hi to everyone I spoke to this week. But I didn't give any garden talks this week. But I did see about 8 million people because I went to Sky Nursery for their big succulent show and sale. And oh la la, that was a lot of fun, <laughs> and I saw about eight million uh, vendors and succulent people that I know because I love succulents without passion, and uh, but I also got my picture taken with lots of people. It just came to the sale, you know. The amazing part, I it, uh, so Sky Nursery opened at nine, and the sale started at nine today. I think it goes till six today if i recollect right and then uh tomorrow i know it it goes from 10 to 4. so uh i was i was about 10 minutes early i thought oh man i'm i got here way earlier than i meant to i'm gonna have to be sitting around before the nursery opens there was a huge line. it went so far so it was kind of like a mad dash to get in there and uh, find the cool uh, succulents you wanted to find. But they had quite a selection. It was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun talking to lots of people. And the prices seemed really good to me. So uh, so that succulent show, I should uh, check that out maybe to let you know what how long that goes. Let's see. I've got that written down here. So uh, it will go... Till 6 today and till 4, 10 to 4 tomorrow, just so you know about that. So, um, but it was quite fun. If you're into succulents, this is, they had some really good ones. I don't know if they're going to replenish the, the uh, tables or not because, boy, it got pretty picked through there. It was a little battle <laughs> for a few of the plants. Okay. Hey, uh, so. If you uh, want to uh, if you want to help a good cause and have a lot of fun, then you might want to come to Lakewood uh, Gardens uh, for a wonderful event that's happening at 5 pm tomorrow. But you got to sign up. You can't just go there, okay, but for 25 bucks. You get wine and cheese. You get to roam around the beautiful gardens uh, at Lake Wold, which are just lovely down there in the Tacoma area. And you get to hear me give a really fun garden talk. I hope it's really fun. I'm going to do my best. So, uh, and the proceeds go to this organization called PEO. And what they do, it's a woman helping woman organization, which makes me really proud that they asked me to come speak. And uh, so what they do is they try to help women with scholarships, you know, in education, uh, all kinds of grants and awards and things to help people go to school. And then they also really try to motivate uh Women to uh, go back to school or get an education to help themselves have a better life. So uh, I sounds like a wonderful organization. I can't wait to meet everybody, and I think they've they're going to allow a hundred people to come to this. If I heard right, so here's the thing: I think you could still get a ticket. So if you want to help a good cause and have a lot of fun, then. Uh, that here's the email address. I'm going to give it, but I know you're not going to probably end up getting it quick enough. So uh, just go to cisco.com, C I S C O E.com, and then uh, I go to my uh, talks page, and you'll see this P E O International DV Chapter presents Sipping with Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fundraiser to help with this cause, so I don't know if they're having a silent auction or anything like that. Here's the email that you have to uh, write to if you wanna see if you can get a ticket. It's M H U N W I N. So M Hunwin at Yahoo.com. M Hunwin at Yahoo.com. And uh, I'm hoping that there's uh, at least 100 people there. That's my favorite kind of talks. The more people, the the more fun I have doing talks. And, of course, I want to help this organization raise a lot of money. So uh, hopefully I'll be seeing a lot of you. That's tomorrow night at uh, 5 p.m. over at Lake Wold Gardens. So, okay, that should be fun. Hey, and just so you know where I'm going to be, Tuesday, September 18th, At 5.30 p.m., I'm going to be at the Renton Farmers Market, and that's a wonderful place. I love it. It's at the Piazza Park in downtown Renton, So, and my talk is uh, called Stump the Chump, so you're going to get your chance to ask your questions, but I'm going to try and stump you at both these two talks because I give away some cool plants, and I give away one Gardening with Cisco t shirt and one of my books, too. So uh, uh, it's a lot of fun, and I hope lots of you come. Then I'm heading down to Canada to give some garden talks. I guess I'm heading up to Canada, aren't I? Yeah. And then, uh, but I do want to let you know that I'm going to be at the Rainscaping Expo in Everett. So, what is that? That's for everybody that's uh, interested in thinking about having a rain garden in their garden, or they have one and want to make it better, uh, or using rain barrels, lawn alternatives, soil mulching, and permeable pavement. Permeable pavement, I think, is the best thing there ever was. I'm not sure how expensive it is, and I would love to replace my driveway with that, but I don't know how expensive it is, but I may look into that. But anyway, that event in Everett is at the McCollum Park. So that's right there, up there on 128th Street in uh, Everett, Southeast Everett. And uh, it's Saturday, September 29th. Uh, the event uh, starts at 2 p.m. and runs to 4 p.m. So I may be the only speaker. I'm not sure about that. But I will be there chatting away, so hope I see lots of you there. All right, I think we're about to take a break. I just want to see if there's anything else I haven't told you yet. When we come back, I'm flying solo today, so you can give me a call if you want. One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six, and I. Uh, while I'm waiting for the first phone calls to come in, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, tomatoes, so how to get them to ripen up, and what my favorites were that I grew this year. Oh, la la! <laughs> hey, and I'd love, if you want to call in and tell me, and tell all of us listening what are the best tomatoes you grew this year, because they're starting to ripen up, finally, some of the big ones, and uh, there are some tricks you could use to get them to ripen up good. So, hey, I hope you give me a call. We'll be right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. Before I uh, uh, go to the calls, I want to quick say that there's a couple of things going on you might want to know about. The 24th Annual Elizabeth Carey Miller Memorial Lecture, that's put on by Northwest Hort Society. Uh, those are always really great lectures, and it's happening Thursday, September 13, at 7 p.m. at Meany Hall. So that's Minnie Hall for the Performing Arts there at University of Washington. It's totally free to go to this talk, but you have to get tickets. I'll tell you how in a second. And the lecture is featuring Panioti kaleidos, uh, and he's from the Denver uh, Botanical Garden, and I've been there. That is one spectacular garden. I think this will be a really great talk. He'll be talking about all kinds of plants from the the mountains around Denver, but also ones that probably will grow in some of our gardens. Maybe you'll need a rock garden. I'm not sure, but I, I think it'll be great. So just so you know, um, you have to order your tickets three days before the event. So um, uh, let's see here. Uh, I just saw where you got to send your email. Uh it, you have to send them to info at millergarden.org. So info at millergarden.org. And that's on my events page, too. And then uh, the Seattle Audubon's having their 22nd annual fall plant sale at Saturday, September 15th from 10 to 4 p.m. And that's at the Seattle Audubon Nature Shop. 8050 35th Avenue, Northeast Seattle, and you will be so near my home. When you go there, you won't believe it. <laughs> hey, also, Herons Wood, they're having their uh, probably last uh, plant sale, so of fall plant sale and garden open, so probably the last plant sale and garden open in a year. Saturday, September 15th from 10 to 3 p.m. So you get to go to the plant sale for free, but if you want to go walk around that incredible garden where I just had—I've been there just recently—it is so great. So, uh, uh, go ahead and um, fork out the ten bucks if you want to see the garden, and they'll have great speakers there too. Okay, let's go to those phones. Jennifer from Piala, welcome to Garden with Cisco.
1: Hey, Cisco, it's nice to talk to you today. Hey,
0: nice talking to you, too.
1: So, I wanted to ask you about my black lace elderberry plant. Um, It was doing great. I've had it probably for a few years. It was maybe six feet tall and nice and healthy. And then, um, one by one, the branches started to droop Mm -hmm. and die back. And um, I did a little Internet research and found out that there's this beetle that attacks elderberries, and the symptoms seem to be exactly the same as what I'm seeing, and I wondered if you know anything about that and if there's any treatment. What I saw online, it didn't look like there was any kind of spray I could use or anything
0: else. What? Did they mention what kind of beetle it was?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh Darambesid.
0: Cerambicid? oh Oh, no. Huh. Okay. Okay. okay, I never heard about a Sarambicid in our area attacking uh, these elderberries. But I'm not saying that's not what's going on. Now, I have seen them droop like that from too much water. So just uh, be aware, that could be it. Have you seen okay. any of the beetles? I haven't. So when I inspected the
1: city it seemed like maybe there was almost like some sawdust on the stem and mm-hmm.
0: some very,
1: very tiny, tiny holes.
0: Uh-oh. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it could and be. I'm it.
1: wondering, you know, if it dies, will it come back from the roots possibly next spring, or is it gone?
0: I think there's a real good chance it'll come back. Uh, you okay. know, uh, Megan had one of those... Uh, beautiful black lace elderberries. They're so gorgeous. They kind of look like a Japanese maple, you know. And hers hers grew 15 feet tall. She was like, you didn't say it was going to get this big, you know, because <laughs> I told her to get it. And uh, so we cut it back in the spring to about a foot tall. It came back. It was 15 feet tall again the next year. So uh, I think... Yeah, I think you'll be able to cut it way back. I don't know if I'd cut it right to the ground, but I'd cut it a couple of inches from the ground in spring. And uh, that that should help. Now, I'm thinking for next year, there is one uh, spray that's quite safe that might help control this. I'm not sure. But uh okay. because you know, boring insects are really hard. You gotta have the spray on there when they the female lays her eggs inside the the branches sometimes. But uh so what I'm thinking is it's called uh Captain Jack's dead bug. <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> horrible, you know. But this stuff is uh it's a fungus that uh that occurs naturally in nature. That tends to kill bugs, and it's one of the few things that kills beetles and From every bit of research i've been able to do, it's totally harmless to humans' pets now it may kill some beneficial insects that i you know if a lady beetle gets on there that's probably bad news for the lady beetle too, but um it does kill beetles. So it might: okay, it Yeah, it might be worth, and if you only spray that one plant, you know the chances of your harming beneficial insects in the garden are very slim. right so I, okay. so so I'm pretty positive that your uh, black laced elderberry will come back and grow right back next spring.:
2: Okay, good. Then,
0: now, when to spray, I'm not sure. you might want to do more research. Find out when yeah. these cymbicid beetles might be moving in and then uh, know, because that, that will determine the time you want to make sure that spray's on there, because I don't know how long a fungus is going to, you know, stay active or anything on a plant.
1: Sure. Okay, great.
0: Great. Hey, if you
1: have time, can I ask you one more quick
0: question? Oh, yeah, you betcha.
1: Okay, I wondered if you could tell me anything about a porcelain berry plant. Um, My sister lives in North Carolina, and she sent me a picture of one that has these kind of berries that are all like Easter egg colors and speckled, and it's so beautiful. And I wondered if that's something we can grow here. Though I know I've read sometimes it's invasive, certain places.
0: Hmm. Well, you know what? I'm not porcelain berry. I You know, I've heard of it, I think, but I can't remember anything about it. So what I promise you I'll do is I'm actually going to write this on the next page of my notebook on break. Because <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> you know, next week I'll be getting ready for the show and I won't look back and I'll forget until I get here. So I'll look that up and I'll find out all I can about it. And I'll, I'll talk about it right at the start of the show next week. Fantastic. I appreciate that. Super. Good. Well, I'll learn something too, so I appreciate this hard question, even though I would have thrown a Brussels sprout at you if you were in the audience of one of my talks for stumping me like this. So You're not stumped
1: yet. It's only if you don't have the answer next
0: week. That's right. All right. I will have that answer.
1: (laughs) Okay. Thank
0: you so much, Cisco. Okay, Jennifer. Thank you so much for a great call. Talk to you later. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Leah, we'll put you on next from Woodinville on 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay. Hey, listen, I think it's time to talk to Leah over in Woodinville. Hey, Leah, how are things going?
2: Everything is going great, except for my pear tree, which has rust spots on oh, its
0: leaves. Yeah, that's horrible. All the pears, all, in, I think, throughout just about all of western Washington, from what I'm hearing, have... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, they all have this rust that just—I don't know—it came out of nowhere, and it—it's.
2: I've, I've never had it before, so and I know you've talked about it before, but I don't remember because it didn't apply to me. Now all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, it's really terrible, and I—you know—I don't think it's very easy to uh, eliminate either. You—you'd have to start spraying the minute now. Is it on your fruit? Have you noticed? No, not on the fruit. Okay, good. Because they live with this rust, there's two different rusts, so there's one that uh it has an alternate host of juniper, the other one has an alternate host of incense cedar. If you have the alternate host of incense cedar, it might be one neighbor that has an incense cedar nearby, but everybody has got juniper so This fungus just goes back and forth from the juniper at one stage and then back to the – doesn't seem to do too much harm to the juniper that I'm seeing as of yet, but it really does – it makes your uh, pear tree the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, and some forms of it can attack the fruit, as I understand it. So you know what you – you could – you know, go to your local uh, garden center and say, "Look, I want okay. I want a spray. You know, so this will be a fungicide, and you know, you could say I want something that's not going to harm the bees or anything, and uh, and they undoubtedly will have something. And then you'd have to start spraying the minute the leaf buds start to open up, and then okay. Yeah, and then you got to spray every about every two weeks till it stops raining. Not too good. Wow. <laughs> you might. I think a lot of people are just going out live with a rust as long as my fruit's okay. But you know if it's right,
2: and I didn't know if it was going to. It didn't start until recently. It it. So I wasn't getting spots early in the spring.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? Here's the bad news, though. It's not going away. Every year it comes okay. back. Yeah, it's, okay. It's a real pain in the kazutski. A, a lot of people are pulling out their pears now. Even the ornamental pears get it. So I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I think I'm. I have uh, two pear trees, and I suspect pretty soon I'm going to be buying my pears at the store. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but oh, it's a real pain to deal with this, huh? Oh. So I guess the trick okay. is if it's not getting on your fruit and you don't mind a kind of an ugly tree in your garden, you can live with it. If it starts getting in the fruit then you got it. then it's some tough decisions, you know.
2: Right, exactly. Okay. Well I'll keep that in mind
0: then. All right. Hey Leo, it was nice talking with you. I know who you are.
2: <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. Well I never know. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> It's
0: always good to see you when I run into you places. Uh, well, thanks a lot. I hope our paths cross again soon. Yes.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: You. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, that Paris is one pain in the Kazutski, let me tell you. All right, I got a minute. We don't have anybody on the line, so if you call in, you can get in really fast. You won't have to wait. It looks like somebody might be calling already. I'm not sure. But uh, either way... I, I thought, I got a second. I talk about uh, my favorite tomatoes this year. So uh, one tomato I got are these really small cherry tomatoes. And I got this tomato because uh, Ed Hume and I on, um, on, uh, uh, oh, what do you call it? Uh, Northwest, uh, oh, with Margaret Larson, uh, Northwest Gardening. On that show, we had a contest: who could do the best uh, container, edible container. And uh, so he did one with this tomato. What so happens that I supplied the uh, I supplied the pots, so I ended up going home with his pot. And he had put this incredible tomato in there with these really small cherry tomatoes, and it is called little sweetie that those little tomatoes produced like nothing you've ever seen in your life before, and not only that, they just uh were incredibly delicious, just really good. So Mary and I have been eating those so much, you can't believe it. And uh, they've just been wonderful. So that's one that I really love. Another one, so I got this from my buddy, Marsha Dillon, and she is the tomato expert of the world. And as far as I'm concerned, she grows all the ones for the Master Gardeners sale. Okay. And hey, I want to let the caller know I'll take you right after break. So thank you for calling in. So uh, so anyway, the other one that I got from Marsha Dillon, the grower for the Master Gardeners and just knows tomatoes like nobody I've ever met, is called Tasmanian Chocolate. And the I didn't know what the tomatoes were going to do. They turned uh, bright yellow when they're ripe, and you got to make sure. I thought they were going to turn brown, so I waited, and I let one rot. I couldn't believe I did that. So now I feel them. When they start to feel one bit soft and they turn yellow, I uh, pluck those babies off. They do split. I have to warn you, they split, but the taste is so good like eating candy the other one we had that was also great it was supposed to be early girl mary absolutely loves early girl she always plants early girl in our garden but these tomatoes ended up way bigger than a regular early girl they ripened up nice and early like early girl does but the skin was softer and they are so delicious so those i don't know what that is uh early girl on steroids i guess all right, so hey, when we come back, B, you will be the next person on Gardener with Cisco. Right back on 97.3 Cairo FM All right. Hey, let's go talk to B right now over in Renton. Hi, B. Thanks for calling. Hi, Mr. Morris. How are you? Hey, just fantastic. Thanks. Hope you are too. Well, listen,
1: I'm only calling to ask you to please uh, entertain your many, many fans that you have way more of you. Uh, no one has time to actually go to your event. We, we just love you. So, would you mind giving us an overview of your basic career, your early uh, interest in plants and bam, 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 all the way up to... You?
0: You know, Channel Five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here's what here's what I'll tell you. I'll do. Uh, you know, you know that I've been writing for the newspaper for seventeen years, and uh, every week for seventeen years, I have uh, managed to get an article done for one newspaper or another. I used to write for the PI, but I've been writing for the Times for many years now. And over the last year and a half, I've been writing for the Seattle Pacific, that magazine you get on in the Sunday Times. Well, uh, uh, I'm I'm no longer writing because I I just needed a break from all those deadlines, and I have a book I have to get done. So, uh, my last article was supposed to be two weeks ago. I I'm pretty sure that I've got this right now. So they asked me to write an article about just what you asked me about right there, and so oh. uh, about myself, which of course is my favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I wrote a, uh, uh, and it not only uh, not only is it uh, an article, it's a uh, way way longer one than normal, and I'm on the front page of the Pacific. Uh, that'll come out tomorrow in the Sunday paper. So uh, oh anybody wants to know more about my whole career, how I got where I was, it doesn't have everything in it, of course, but uh, it has some really fun stories and kind of tells how I ended up getting on TV and, uh, some exciting things that happened when I was at Seattle University and um so I think people will really enjoy finding out how I how a guy who can't even memorize his own name ended up doing T V shows and everything else. <laughs> 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 so I recommend okay, well, everybody read that. It it's probably online by now too. Uh so anybody, you can always go to my website and hit media, and then hit newspaper, and that'll get you there too.
2: Okay, and
0: it's called Pacific. It's uh, uh, Seattle Pacific, and it's in the Seattle Times Sunday edition. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen
1: that. Okay, all right, excellent.
0: Yeah, Thank and I you, think I think you'll find it totally interesting. I th- I th- I think it's a pretty good article. <laughs> <laughs> well, I humbly you. say. We love you. Oh, hey, thanks so much. Thanks. That was a fun question. Thank you,
1: dear. Have a great day and stay healthy.
0: Okay. I definitely, and you too, okay? All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, listen, we don't have any callers on the line, but what I think I will do is answer an email I got that uh, is one that I think will be of interest to quite a few people here. So Rick wrote me and asked, uh, is this a good time? See, you know you know what all our lawns look like right now. They're just trash, you know, from this dry, dry second drought in a row summer. And uh, although we got a little rain, his question was, you always say you should aerate the garden, uh, aerate the lawn. So get one of those big machines that pulls the plugs out of the lawn Kind of looks like you had a Chihuahua festival out there when uh, when it's all over with. And so you, you they're going to use that machine. You can rent one or you can hire people. It doesn't really cost very much. There's people that have a big aerator and they go around and aerate your garden. I think you can find somebody online. Uh, I find their names on telephone poles near my house with you know the little pull off thing on the. Stuck to the telephone pole with their telephone numbers and a little info. So you can have somebody come, email the livid a lot of your lawn. You want a lot of holes out there. Tell them, do it twice, you know. And uh, I think they'll do that for you. It won't take them much longer. And then you get a 50-50 mix of perennial rye, fine fescue, grass seed. And you put it out there probably about, I, you know, put it out at least a couple of pounds per thousand square feet. Okay, so, you know, get a lot of it out there. And then what you want to do, you don't have to pick up those little pellets that, that were thrown out by the aerator, but what you have to do is rake the seed into the holes. So that's really important. So you rake the seeds into the holes and then you fertilize with an organic lawn food, and this is pretty good timing to do that. It should still break down and work really well, and then keep it well watered. So, Rick was saying, "Okay, I know I I know how to do that and everything. When can I do it? Can I do it in fall? Yes, you can definitely do it in fall, and because we've had this rain." I'm thinking this is just about the right time. Now, not this weekend with it raining. You want you never want to aerate a lawn unless the soil is about the moisture of a squeezed sponge. So, you know, if your lawn's all wet out there, you do not want to aerate. You don't want to aerate when it is just dust dry because that doesn't work either. So uh, I would say as soon as, Things dry up just a little bit after this rainy weekend. I don't know what the forecast is right now. But as soon as we get nice weather again, yeah, probably be perfect time to have it aerated, put that seed out, give it a little fertilizer. Because I've already noticed my lawn is starting to green up now. I water my lawn though, so that might make a difference. But it's still browned out like crazy. You can hardly put enough. Water on a lawn this time of year in this climate, you know, and uh but mine is starting to green up, so that means this cooler weather, more dew on the ground, everything is contributing to the grass coming back, so if you know you might have to water a few times if you do this early, but uh, boy, this will really improve your lawn and it'll come back like gangbusters. You could do it any time up to about mid October. But uh, you're better off doing it a little earlier, in my humble opinion. So, so Rick, I hope you heard this. <laughs> that was a great question. And, uh, you know, I, one thing I like to tell people, it's probably a good idea to water your lawn once a month when we have really tough droughts. And you want to put about an inch and a quarter out there. You could put some, uh, some plastic... Um, plant saucers and mark an inch up and then just water until they fill those up and then you've given it the right amount of water. It'll keep your lawn from totally dying if you don't water it in the summer. Okay, everybody, this show's biting the dust. Brian, thank you so much. Such a great job as always. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. So, uh, hey, it's getting to be great gardening weather. Take advantage of it. All right, see everybody next week. Bye-bye.